Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello, world. Shelley Rose Shearer here and welcome to the show. Today, I want to tell you about how my last couple of weeks have been and I want to talk about depression because it is a very prevalent issue affecting so many people. Now, I've battled uh, depression for most of my adult life and I've been on and off Wellbutrin at different levels throughout my life. I have found ways to manage my life and energies and spirit where I haven't, I've gone years not being on drugs. And then when my chronic pain got really bad this last couple of years, I, I had to go back on them because the pain was creating such an exhaustion that it in turn was triggering my depression. And it's sort of like a cycle. So I guess the first thing I want to start with is to be aware. Be aware of your depression. And just because you're sad or having a depressed day does not mean you necessarily need medication or that you are depressed. Don't buy into that. Sometimes what we tell ourselves can be very detrimental if it's negative and we make it real. But at the same token, our bodies are, are a chemically run organism. And when that chemical structure is off, we can have terrible, terrible side effects. And those do need to be dealt with, which is why I had to deal with it when I was younger. Wellbutrin works very well for me. Uh, there, are, there are lots of different types of depression, so you also need to make sure that you are properly diagnosed. And a little segue, reason I talk about that, about diagnosis being so important, is I have dealt with it in my own life with my son, who was misdiagnosed when he was, what, about six, as having ADHD. And I basically raised him with that diagnosis. I never put him on Ritalin. I changed his diet. I worked with lists. I worked with the research that was available at the time. And Ryan became a very high-functioning person in society, able to hold down a job. It did not impede him in huge ways or, or limit his possibilities necessarily. He just had to learn to adapt to do things slightly differently, which he is still doing today as a grown adult. Then in his uh, 20s, he was struggling and we had him check for depression. They put him on an antidepressant and he went manic. And that is a chemical reaction that happens when people are actually bipolar. So then the bipolar diagnosis happened and we, we just had a life of four years, hell on wheels actually, to be perfectly honest, trying to get that under control. Well, fun fact about all of that though was the diagnosis and the help. Ryan got himself into the system. We got him into the programs and the counseling and things that helped him understand triggers, his own, other people's environments that he did well in, environments he didn't do well in, understanding why he does well in some environments, understanding why he does less well in different environments. These are all things that every person can benefit from. And that's why I do this podcast. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. High-functioning habits, not living in regret, gaining wisdom, understanding. That is a basis of a life well-lived and a journey worth taking. We're not about the destination, guys. We're about the journey. 
So was it a tough few years? Yes. Well, when he came back from Mexico, he went down there for a year to study and uh, was supposed to be finishing up his degree. And that's what happened. It didn't happen. He and his fiance went down there. She was supposed to be teaching English. He was supposed to be taking all his courses online, had the last of his education money to do this, and they didn't get it done. They were struggling with everything down there. They didn't do their research properly. Unfortunately, my son was on yet another sort of manic type behavior where he just felt this was going to be the answer. And it's always, it's always been that way with him. As soon as this changes, it'll be better. And that was a fundamental flaw, both in his understanding of who he was as a person and the world around him. So he came back and for the first time ever, the family sort of put their feet foot down and said, no, we're, you're, we're not helping. You sold off everything we have ever given you, every helping hand we've ever given you, and you chose to do this, you will now suffer the consequences. So we have a vacation home uh, out of town and he wanted to go live in it. And we just simply said no as a whole family. My mom still owned it at the time. It's mine now, but it was hers at the time. And she just said, no, no, Ryan is not taking that. So what happened was that forced him to solve his own problems. And it was tough as a parent. Don't get me wrong. It was really tough. But when he got back, then he got into a situation where he needed new psychiatrists and everything. And he met someone that met with him, did a full profile and went, you do not have bipolar. You are on the spectrum. And how did this get missed when you were like three years of age? That opened a door. Uh, they met with me, They, where things started to finally make sense. It, we understood. There's a lot of similarities in some of the behaviors, but because he was an only child, first grandson, and I was also a single mother where, you know, he's got adult interaction and expectations and, and raising put on him. Uh, that constant, you know, just higher levels of communication. He was very high functioning and it got missed. It got very, very missed. And then he went into school and we could not figure out how this wonderful child that was always so happy just became this sullen, uh, distracted, disrupting the class, looking for attention child. And we're like, what did, what happened here? It's because his diagnosis was missed and we didn't understand the triggers and the symptoms then, of course, I was in a, I was at the time in an abusive relationship. That got handled. Police stepped in. We were, we were removed from the home and had to go into court-appointed counseling with my son. And that's where the ADHD diagnosis came from because the psychiatrist came in and dealt with the situation. And it was a wrong diagnosis. But I can also understand it at the time. Because it was so late, he was already like in school in grade one, and his behavior was completely ADHD disruptive, hyper-focused, then not focused at all, can't do lists, um, struggled in, in some of the learning capacities. You couldn't throw a lot of things at him, did not multitask, was having struggling making friends. His sensory input was so overloaded that he literally just checked out. Well, his life wasn't like that prior to school. He was with me. He was verily in daycare, and daycare was a nightmare in the one year I had to have it. And looking back on it now, you can just, that's the fun thing about wisdom, guys. You gain it and then you look back and go, oh, wow, that could have, that's not how that was, or I could have handled that differently, or I'm glad I've learned past that. Again, quit beating yourself up. There's no such thing as perfection. This is about moving forward. So watching my son has been, has been interesting. He's 34 this year. And that has really helped us dealing with my granddaughter who's got some issues. She does have ADHD and she's got Tourette's um, and, and she's got dysgraphia. 
things that are learning disabilities. And we are so much more equipped to learn to get on top of it, deal with it, and find the coping mechanisms. So for instance, most things have a solution. People wonder why I am high functioning and why I wrote a book and why I have a podcast on high functioning habits. It's because I believe we can be as high functioning as possible in any given situation. And it just takes adaptation. So for my granddaughter with her dysgraphia, she thinks in, in images, a keyboard is the solution. Thank heavens in this day and age, almost every kid at school now has to have a laptop. And she's got an IT geek for a father. So that was wonderful. He got her on the program, uh, but he didn't even have to fight for that, to advocate for that, because they're all allowed in the classroom. But she's allowed to do everything on the keyboard. She has trouble writing, not trouble reading. But it was the writing. She couldn't get the information from her head onto the paper. That's the dysgraphia versus dyslexia. And the keyboard is the solution. Well, what a simple thing, right, in today's day and age? And that just means she just carries on with school with a keyboard. And there are other sensory issues we have to deal with. And I, you know, dietary and supplementation. But there's so much more knowledge out there about this now. And they don't just hustle all these kids off into special needs classes when there are some very simple solutions for keeping them in the classroom. That's the kind of stuff you have to go look for. And my depression is no different. I have to go look for the things that help me cope in a high functioning situation. So I did not feel like it. I just wanted to sit in my room and cry for days. It was awful last week. And I've been feeling very low for a couple of weeks. I made myself go outside. I came to my office, realized there was nothing here that couldn't be just couldn't wait a few days. I had the fun uh, privilege of being without a husband or a dog for four days last week. My husband went fishing and I said, our dog is almost two. You wanted a fishing dog. I could use the break because as much as I miss her and love her and she's my constant companion, days when I'm feeling tired or sad, she's, she's the one that bears that because I can't get to the park or I'm physically in pain and, and you know, whatever. So it was one or I'm busy and she has to stay home. This was great. She got to go play and fish and swim. And there was uh, young teenagers that all went. There's a whole group of people. She had the time of her life and I got a break. It was hard being without her. I'm not going to lie, but I'm looking at things going, you know, you need to be outside. So go get on your new e-bike. That is the best invention ever just ever. And here's another little segue. So we've got them. Our other dear friends have got them. And this third couple that we've uh, always cruised with, my girlfriend has got one. Well, she went down to get it ordered and picked uh, and stuff the other day. And her husband went with her. Well, the sales guy, of course, sticks him on a bike and they run around the block and they're like, this is awesome. He was like a kid in a candy store. That is, you know, hang on to those things in your life. But what happens is the subconscious and the ego step in 24 hours later. Now he's home going, Oh, I don't think I want an e-bike. What will people think of me? My mom, with her advanced dementia, laughed her head off when she heard the story. Said, who does he think is looking at him? So he is turning 60 this year. He is not young. He is in middle age, well into it. We're approaching our senior years here in a decade. But his ego and his, his subconscious is just now coming home going, no, people will think I'm an old person riding on a, on a motor, on a, on an e-bike and this, that, and, and the stories just kept going. And we're all like, are you nuts? I says, well, you know what, love, don't get one then. But the five of us now have them and we're going wine tasting and you can ride a regular bike. You're not going to be able to keep up. So you can suck down your ego and tell it to get out of the game right now because it is not assisting you. It is literally, literally spiraling you into a midlife crisis 
or you can just accept that this is where you are in life and let's go have some fun. I was an avid mountain biker, like hardcore, come home bleeding type thing. I live, I live in an amazing place in Vancouver, North Shore Mountains. My other good friends that have them, he is a road racer. He is basically Tour de France type guy and has, has a $3,000 bike and has gone to Europe with his bike and like serious when he got his wife an e-bike so she could keep up with them. Once he rode it, he goes, I'm getting one of those. It was, it, all of it's just so funny. So it's really important to sometimes let go of your limiting beliefs when your ego steps in and starts saying, I'm just going to use the expression, dumb shit. <laughs> you have to think outside of that. And if you don't know what's necessary before the crisis, you're going to have a problem once you're in the crisis. Now, I've already done the work. I don't have to be told that getting on my bike, going out into my garden, taking a couple of Advil if I actually have them and go getting into my garden, tidying up in the backyard instead of crawling into bed with a, with a book and crying is better for me. And sure enough, I'm feeling amazing again right now. Went for high tea with my girlfriend yesterday. It was wonderful. Ate too much sweets though. That was, ugh. but you know what? Day or two, I'll get that out of my system. Um, not the end of the world. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I even had gluten. I didn't even order their gluten-free option because sometimes they, they're so pathetic. I just took my gluten pills and I accept that I'll have a sore tummy for two days a little bit. I don't cheat every day. I'm a celiac. I had a bit of a binge. I had high tea. I'm moving on. Okay. This, if you could take that attitude in all, every area of your life, life would be so much easier for so many of us. And I eat very well. I eat nutrient dense. I eat very healthily. I eat organically what I can afford and what the dirty dozen, that sort of thing where they're the worst things. So those little cheat days and stuff, they don't really phase me. I don't check the scale the next day. It's, it was, it's a blip. It's not my lifestyle. And that's okay. So Walking out of my office means this week I walked into my office with more purpose. And as some of you can see, I haven't had a podcast out in weeks. I'm here doing a podcast on it. Get the help you need and learn what your triggers are and what you need when you are triggered. So if I could just emphasize again how important that was for my son. My son holds down a job now at a major university in Vancouver and, you know, with a good medical plan and the union advocated for just a, he just needed a few things to be changed for, for him. And some people might say, oh, right, the unions protect the weak and whatever. No, they, in a good situation, yes, they do in a lot of situations, but in a good situation, a good union rep is just an advocate for the best working conditions to get everyone as productive as possible. My son does not do well being interrupted every hour on the hour. He loses his mind and he's not productive. So the workaround was Ryan checks his email twice a day and everyone he works with knows that. So do not expect expect an answer in five minutes. And he does have to work in the office. They've not allowed him to work at home. Now he is very disciplined at working at home, but that was the compromise. And he was happy to make it with all the other concessions. There was a number of things they did for him And he is extremely productive at work and worth his salary. But it took a little bit of just fine tuning to make that happen. And I think those things are very important. I'm not on page with all the the, the, the 
extreme leftist stuff and the woke stuff and all that jazz. No, I'm sorry. You're not going to see me. I will not get on a soapbox against it. I'm just not going to embrace it. It's a phase. It's a fad going on in our society. This is not inclusive. It is actually very divisive and it's causing a lot of confusion and a lot of issues. And it's, I, I just don't see it as healthy. So I don't get into all that. I get into what I want to get into, and that is inclusiveness, acceptance, finding ways to be as high functioning as possible. That is my focus, and I just let the rest of it go. The world will sort itself out. I do not need to be on a soapbox about that every day. I know I have been about certain things in the past, and I mean, my regular listeners know how I feel about the whole COVID fraud and and the fear and the evilness of everything to do with COVID. I'm not saying it's not real but it was just another influenza strain and all of the truth is coming out now. And it's frightening to see how badly governments and agencies uh, behaved in order to push an agenda, in order to make money, and the fear they caused in people's lives. I was at uh, a lovely um, event last Saturday for my kind of surrogate niece, one of my best friend's daughters, and we're Auntie Shelley and Uncle Keith. And she's graduated from university. And she's one of these rare students nowadays that did it in four years, like got it done like we used to do. So she worked very hard and still had two undergraduate certificates as well. Like just so proud of her. Well, I ran into all the bunch. I haven't seen anybody because remember, no one's seen each other for two years. And then even before that, when I got sick with my fibromyalgia, I had to quit squash and everything. And a lot of these friends of my girlfriends that are kind of friendly acquaintances of mine, we all played squash together, did did leagues and did uh, tournaments together. And I hadn't seen some of them for a long time. It was wonderful. And one of them, who's just a beautiful, bright, intelligent woman, locked herself in a house for a year. And I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe she lived in that kind of fear. And all I felt was sympathy. And I cannot believe how the powers that be made us fear so much in such a short period of time. So I certainly don't have judgment against about that anymore. I just felt so sorry for someone that lost a whole year of their life. Everyone has lost two years of their life. I feel I lost a lot less than most other than traveling because I caught COVID at the beginning, had the antibodies, don't believe in the fake vaccine. It has no efficacy and it doesn't, it's not a vaccine. It's not immunizing. It's simply a flu shot that'll help lessen symptoms if you get sick. Well, I've already had it. Why would I take it? a fake vaccine for it. It is a flu shot, but words have power. If you repeat something to yourself over and over again, the media told us all to fear. They kept using the word vaccine. They kept pushing the fear agenda. People caved. Your mental health is no different. If you keep telling yourself, I can't do it. I can't cope. I don't want to keep on living. That is what you're going to attract. And that is what you're going to be. You're going to be a person that doesn't want to go on living, can't go to work, and wants to end their life. There's a lot of that going on. Suicide is through the roof right now. Deaths and people that just are not coping are through the roof with mental illness. We are not designed to be isolated like that. It was a terrible, terrible thing our governments did to the world. It was cruel. It was evil. And we are now reaping the consequences of it all. And it is, it breaks my heart. It really does. So you have to remember that words, they have power. So that's why I don't, I either say it's a fake vaccine or I just say it's the jab or it's, I use the words. That is not, you know, people always ask me, why do you keep saying it's a fake vaccine? 
because until there was changes made to certain websites by governments a year ago, the definition, legal definition of a vaccine had to be immunization. That's why I have a polio vaccine in my arm from the 70s and why I have other things that I took in school because they are actually vaccines made from live virus that give me immunization against that disease for the rest of my life. Period. There's never been a vaccine for the common cold or the flus because the virus, the flu, because the virus change every year and COVID was just another one. That self-talk or sorry, the talk that comes at you by the media and social media is no different than the self-talk that, that you then perpetuate in your head. Okay. How you talk to yourself is important. You are a creation of the universe, of the God, cosmic, uh, of the cosmos from God. I don't care how you want to describe it. The bottom line is you are a create creation of energy that is beyond your understanding. It is beyond all of our understanding. There's a great line in the second frozen movie. Just do the next right thing. And so for me last week, the right thing was to go and change my clothes, put on my outside stuff, get on my bike, get in my garden and tell myself, this is a feeling. It is not who I am and it will pass. So I just need to ride it out, give myself the best tools I can to shorten the episode, but it's not who I am. It's not who you are. It's a feeling. Feelings are not who you are. They are something you experience. They are often affected and provoked through outside um, bombardment, your subconscious and your freaking little ego, which you need, but you need to be in control. We have been actually raised in our society to let our ego control us. And that is actually scary, dangerous, and very unhealthy. It is a part of us. It should not be running the show. The entity that is so you, that is so unique, the reason that you are on this planet having this experience in life, that all you bring to the universe at large, that's the you that needs to be in control. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com and Instagram at livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelly at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan.